The What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Christine Steimer. Hello. And it's the Andrea and Steimer show. It's the best. We got the brown hair and the red hair together. They make different colors, but I can't think of what they be. <laughs> I liked where you were going. I was like, I don't know how she's going to land this, but that's okay. Oh, you know, just like a belly flop straight down. It's fine. (laughs) That's about how we're both feeling right now. But uh, we love that you guys are here, whether it's your first episode or your 119th. We're glad that you're joining us for What's Good Games. Miss Brittany Brombacher is out on a road trip right now. And if you saw her vlog at patreon.com slash what's good games, you might learn a little bit more about that. Of course, you can watch that uh, for the low, low price of just $2 a month. All of our Patreon members and pledges get access to our exclusive vlogs every month that will always be exclusive. It's a fun little tidbit of stuff happening over there. But we are mere days away. In fact, one week and two days away from PAX West, which is happening in Seattle, Washington, and we have a ton of stuff happening at PAX this year. So the first thing you need to know for all of our patrons is that we are doing our Patreon live streams Thursday, August 29th at around 5 p.m. Pacific. So we're setting the time at 5 p.m. And we might need a little wiggle room depending on travel schedules that day. Uh, we're very excited to have uh, Rihanna Manuel joining us on the happy hour Q&A. And we're going to be doing some fun stuff for the after hours Q&A that I don't want to announce yet because we could be doing something super cool. So if you guys want to join us for those, of course, patreon.com slash what's good games is the place to do that. And then on Friday of PAX at 12 p.m. Pacific time, I'm going to be hosting the Life is Strange panel, um, which is happening. Uh, I'm not sure exactly which theater it's at, but I will look it up for you guys. Um, Essentially, we were going to be uh, talking about... The uh, voice cast that is in it, we're going to talk about the characters of Life is Strange. Uh, The official name of the panel is Bringing Relatable Characters and Stories to Life. Uh, So Michelle, who is the co-creative director at Don't Nod, is going to be on the panel with me. And it's going to be a super fun panel. If you guys are interested in Life is Strange, please come by. And then later... In the evening on Friday is the Life is Strange 2 presents What's Good Games Relax at PAX. This is our third annual installment of this event. And we have to give a huge thank you and shout out to Square Enix for once again partnering with us and sponsoring this event. It's going to be super fun. It's from 7 to 10 p.m. on Friday night at Art Marble 21 is the location. It is an all-ages event until 9 p.m. So... You do not have to have a PAX badge, and you do not have to be 21 to attend, even though at 9 p.m. they will come around and kick you out if you are underage. It's just the event rules. Them's you do the need rules. to bring a valid idea. Yeah, exactly. Yes. 
you know, we don't make the rules. We just follow them. Yes. Um, and the first 100 people in line will get a free drink on us. And one more thing, if you're a patron, we sent out a special invite link to you because you guys get a little extra bonus. So please head on over to Patreon and look for that post where you get your um, separate RSVP. And if you have questions, of course, you're always willing to or available to email us at contact at whatsgoodgames.com. Moving on to Saturday, I'm hosting the Outer Worlds panel at 1.30 p.m., which will be a really fun discussion with the narrative team about the characters in the Outer Worlds, and there will be a new exclusive look. So please come and join us for that. And I'm also going to be competing in the Inter-Website Tournament for Kind of Funny and the Per Schneider Cup, which is happening Saturday at 8 p.m. And then... The What's Good Games Live panel is 7 p.m. on Sunday, September 1st, streaming live at 7 p.m. Pacific from the Hydra Theater. It's going to be a fun time. And if you guys can't make it in person because you're not at Seattle and you don't have a PAX badge, don't worry. You can watch it online. It's going to be great. And then Monday we die. Monday we go sleep. <laughs> go Monday the, we to, rest. The, to the long sleep. <laughs> to the long sleep, yes. So it's going to be an awesome weekend. We hope to see you guys there. And uh, we will be posting about all of this stuff on our social media account. So please keep an eye out for that. Uh, we have to give a big thank you to this month's Patreon producers, Alex Rogopoulos, Ferris Tate, Mohammed Mohammed, and David Icolucci. And welcome to our Patreon community, Nick, Christian J. Markley, Anthony Rodriguez, Yoav Efron, and Dustin Eckert. Thank you so much for joining us at patreon.com slash Games, where you can support the show. And we have a ton of news to talk about because it's Gamescom week. But before we get to that, I have to say thank you to Liquid IV for sponsoring the first segment of our show. Liquid IV is the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Have you been trying to drink more water? Well, Liquid IV hydrates you two to three times faster and more efficiently than water alone with the added bonus of vitamins C, B3, B5, B6, and B12. It's great for those who travel because Liquid IV helps prevent jet lag. It's TSA friendly and is perfect for on the go to help keep your skin hydrated while flying. It can be used before, during, and after flights. And hello, summer dehydration is in full effect. Simon and I were just talking about how sweaty we both are. Yep. So hot still. And I feel like September's even going to be more hot. <laughs> and staying properly hydrated is one of the most important factors during these hot summer months. All of the Liquid IV products utilize cellular transport technology, or CTT, a specific ratio of glucose, which is pure cane sugar, sodium, which is mined salt, and potassium. When mixed with 16 ounces of water, it helps your body absorb more of the water and nutrients you drink directly into your bloodstream. It's non-GMO, vegan, and free of gluten, dairy, and soy. That means clean ingredients. And it can provide the same hydration as drinking two to three bottles of water because Liquid IV contains the five essential vitamins, including more vitamin C than an orange and more potassium, or excuse me, as much potassium as a banana. Plus, you guys, this might be the best part about Liquid IV. Feel good, do good is their mission. Liquid IV has donated 1.5 million sticks of Liquid IV to date to places like Haiti, Uganda, Puerto Rico, and most recently Nepal. With each purchase you, you peach, <clears throat> with each purchase you make, Liquid IV donates a serving to someone in need around the world. We love Liquid IV, and we know you will too. I have been living off of my passion fruit flavor. I also really dig the acai berry um, because in combination with it being hot, I've been super stressed. And when I'm stressed, it means I drink a lot of wine, which means I get even more dehydrated. You got to stay hydrated alone. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this stuff uh, definitely I, works. 
Yeah, it um, it is uh, like bona fide hydration right in a little packet. And you guys can get 25% off at liquidiv.com when you use our code what's good at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order at Liquid IV's website. That's L-I-Q-U-I-D-I-V.com and enter the promo code what's good to get your savings to start getting better hydration. Liquidiv.com, promo code what's good. Don't wait. Start properly hydrating today. So before we jump into all of this Gamescom madness, we're doing the show a little bit differently today. Mm -hmm. What we decided is because there's so much news from Gamescom, we're just going to focus on the news from Gamescom and nothing else that's happening in video games. Uh, There are plenty of other places that uh, can catch you up on all of that. Uh, Some of our favorite sources include IGN, Polygon, Game Informer, and Eurogamer. Uh, They have lots of other news of the week, but Gamescom, super exciting. So So meaty. That's all we're going to talk about. Um, yeah, meaty indeed. (laughs) Where should we begin? Do you want to just start reading this, Steimer? Sure. Why not? Let me just move it slightly over here because it's kind (laughs) of like hard to read with the stupid arm in the way. Um, I'm sorry. So Gamescom 2019 conference roundup schedule and news from Jeff Keighley. I'm not going to do that the whole time. I swear. Uh, (laughs) Jeff Keighley, Nintendo, Xbox and Google. This is via GameSpot. Um, so all of the things aforementioned have brought a ton of news about newly revealed and other upcoming games, both big and small. Nintendo started things out with a showcase of Switch indie games, followed by an inside Xbox stream, the next Google Stadia Connect, and a news-packed opening night live event hosted by Jeff Keighley, friend of the show. We even got the new, uh, we even got the surprise releases of several games across PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC, with a Call of, Do- Call of, Dotty? Call of Duty <laughs> Modern Warfare <laughs> Alpha Test to come soon for free on PS4. Meanwhile, there have been numerous Gamescom game trailers making their debut, and we've rounded up some of our favorites. This is from the GameSpot perspective uh, for you to check out. Some of the biggest news from this week that didn't come specifically from any of the official events. Wait, what? That's a weird sentence. Anyways. Uh, The most notable example is that we learned Sony bought Insomniac Games, the maker of Marvel's Spider-Man. That was a big, a big, uh, a big deal. A big to do. Yeah. Yeah. So that they kind of just like, um, like Mike dropped that news in the middle of Keeley's opening night live show on Monday night. They were just like quietly, let's just tweet that we bought Insomniac. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? And I was, I mean, I was excited, but then I was also sad because it means that there's never going to be any more Sunset Overdrive. Uh, but it's well, okay. Well, not That's necessarily. Okay. Insomnia confirmed that they own the IP oh. for Overdrive, but that Microsoft owns the publishing rights for the original. So I don't know if we'll ever get Sunset Overdrive like remastered on PlayStation or PlayStation platforms, but they didn't say that they can't make more Sunset Overdrive. Sunset Overdrive was stupid fun. So yeah. I hope that they are able to make more. Anyways uh this is all just talking about when gamescom is which is in the past if you're listening to this show Um, correct they also announced that spider-man sold 13.3 million copies let me double check which is spidey boy makes it the the most successful um, playstation exclusive of all time that is not too super surprising i mean it's it's spider-man so like it has a very wide audience and I think people would buy it and just because everybody loves the Spidey, man. 
And it was a good it's game. True. It wasn't shit for once, which is amazing. Yes, it wasn't shit. And apparently it's getting a <laughs> potentially a game of the year edition. Uh, so Ooh. if you missed it and you're jumping into the PlayStation 4 life cycle at the end of the generation here, uh, game not to be missed. Um, we definitely aren't going to touch on this uh, whole Disney um, Sony news regarding the film rights. But, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. That's another that's piece an, of drama that's another Spider-Man. <sighs> Why? Why they got to do us like that? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, who could say Spidey will live to see another day, but yes, we'll, we'll figure out where that is in the film world some other time. Um, so continuing forth, uh, Google, Xbox and Jeff Keighley, a little a little section here. Uh, so before the show started, Google hosted its second Stadia Connect presentation, which delivered on its promise of, quote, brand new trailers and behind the scenes chat behind the scenes chats with partnered developers that followed uh, the inside Xbox presentation that delivered a variety of news for Xbox One and PC gaming fans. Then the event more formally began with Gamescom opening night live. Uh, The presentation was obviously hosted by Jeff Keighley and as promised brought numerous game announcements and reveals. The last uh, portion of the broadcast was dedicated to showcasing Death Stranding, including a look at gameplay and the character Mama. Hideo Hideo Kojima uh, appeared on stage to further hint at just what the game is, although, uh, as you'd expect, it's still a mystery to most people. This is Gamescom's 10th anniversary. Oh, this is not important. Yeah, so let's talk. So they they break out um, the individual conferences down below here. So we've got uh, a list of what happened at the Nintendo uh, show, what happened at the Xbox show, and what happened at Keeley's show. Which one of these shows do you want to start with? Let's, I mean, we can just go in order. Start with, with Nintendo and the little Nindies, but the... Sounds good. Yeah, because I, I love a good uh, indie, especially on my Switch. Um, so Nintendo's indie showcase opened the show, and as expected, featured some very exciting announcements. The bulk of the stream was a roulette of indie games that are on the horizon, and Nintendo also surprised us with a few game launches. Both Super Hot and Hotline Mammy are available on the Switch now. The biggest news, however, was that Ori and the Blind Forest, a game published for Xbox One and PC by Microsoft Studios, is also coming to Switch. You can uh, rewatch the stream and all that jazz on the internet if you feel like Googling for it. Um, but yeah, so Ori is coming. Hotline Miami Collection is now, as they said, along with Super Hot. Uh, then there is another indie game called The Tourist, but spelled funny. And then uh, Skater <laughs> XL for Nintendo Switch as well. It's not Skate 4, it says, but it could do the trick. <laughs> Yeah, so this was uh, a nice little bump for for Switch. I think they've had a really breakout stellar year. I think getting a game like Ori makes sense for Switch as a platform. We've already seen Microsoft bring Cuphead over to the Switch earlier this year. And in advance of Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which is coming out uh, early next year, I believe. Uh, This is a a nice little uh, addition. I have one concern about it. And that mm-hmm. is, Ori and the Blind Forest is one of the only games where I've actually thrown my controller. Mm. But if, 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 yeah, if I'm holding my Switch, <laughs> don't spike your Switch. It's not meant to take that kind of impact. But like, no. just know that this is a sort of rage-inducing game. Maybe you want to dock your Switch and play with a pro controller just so if you do throw anything, it's just a controller and not the entire platform. Agreed. Pro I definitely would recommend <laughs> Pro Controller for, for Ori controls. Um, though, I did manage to make it through Celeste. So I could probably do it. But I think 
the style of gameplay that Ori is with the combat uh, being included with the platforming makes it a little bit more tense than uh, than Celeste was. Yep. But yeah, this is great. Um, I think we can expect more from Nintendo at PAX West as well, since that's in their backyard. But uh, no surprise uh, at any of these announcements. Nope. Um, Do you want to take next- Xbox? Sure. Um, so GameSpot writes that it was a fairly standard live inside Xbox broadcast from Microsoft, though that doesn't mean it was lacking for news. There are plenty of trailers and reveals, including that of Gears 5 Horde mode, new colors of Xbox One controllers, new Game Pass games, and more. Notably, Bungie also appeared during the broadcast to talk about Destiny 2 Shadowkeep. Until now, Destiny has had an exclusive arrangement with PlayStation that meant the game was typically only showcased during Sony events. You can watch all of that on the Inside Xbox Recap over on GameSpot if you are so inclined. Um, So, the most notable title, I would say, from the new Game Pass reveals was, of course, Devil May Cry 5, which is an amazing opportunity for you guys to play that game that came out not that long ago, like four or five months ago. Yeah, it's really not that old. Yeah, and it's an excellent game. Highly recommend if you have Game Pass or if you were thinking about getting Game Pass, maybe now is the time. Um, of course, they announced that PUBG is adding crossplay for PS4 and Xbox One, uh, which is something I think they spoke about earlier this year but are now going to be launching. Uh, of course, the two new colors. And then for me... The big thing here was the look at Gears 5 Horde mode. So the big thing that they're doing for Horde mode this time around is that they're adding special abilities to each of the characters. So they're not class-based, they're character-based. So Rod Ferguson was on the show and he was explaining it in depth and they were showing you know, some of the different alt abilities and how they're going to work in the new Horde mode. And I cannot wait. I mean, I love ultimate abilities. I think every game should... I mean, that's probably not true, but... <laughs> a lot of games should have them they're super fun so yeah i'm excited that they are adding this in because horde, horde, horde is already fun of course i'm gonna play horde with you yay you and i actually play together <laughs> it's true we do we always uh lament that Brittany could be playing with us but then she doesn't indeed and then she's like i'll play with you and then we're like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i liked uh i'm down for like the new stealth controller also which is like a gray camo it's very, very my aesthetic. Although there were also, this was not part of Gamescom, but since it's somewhat related, the new PlayStation controllers, PlayStation also uh, announced some new Dual Shocks. <gasps> that and rose gold. There's rose gold. There's purple. There was a light blue. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. Blue. Yeah. So it's like a, it's like a, almost like a sky blue. It's like a cross between like a sky blue and a periwinkle. Yeah. Very soft blue. And then it's electric purple. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, it's a, like red a red camo. camo. I don't love the red camo. No. Uh, red camo is lame. Yeah. I'm just, I was I'm calling it out. I was not. I'm sorry if you're a camo loving person. I love camo. I love camo. Camo I, controllers. I love camo. I do not love that color combo. But the, the pink no. is nice and the purple is nice and the blue is nice. So if you like yeah. any of those colors. You've you've got some more options coming your way. Um, I did also want to mention before we move on from Xbox, uh, when we're talking about new stuff for Gears 5, that Horde Mode also introduced a new mechanic called Power Taps, which encourages players to move their bases around rather than hole up in one defensive position. You'll need to move around the map and capture energy taps every 10 waves, which will boost your power. I think this is a really neat idea because, especially if you're with a crew and you're going 0 to 50... 
that can take a really long time. And so this really helps vary up the um, the position of all of the different waves uh, to really see, you know, like where you're going to be and how you're going to move your base around. I mean, it also like. makes it harder like because you can't just keep investing yeah. in the same spot. You have to pick it up and move. Got to be nimble. Yeah, got to be flexible, as they say. All right. Yeah. So our good friends, not really, but... <laughs> Lol. Okay, Stadia also had another press conference. Uh, this was mostly just game trailers, and many of them were for games that had not previously been confirmed for Stadia, including Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, I think that's probably the the biggest one out of all these, but there's also Samurai Showdown, uh, Mortal Kombat 11, also not bad. Uh, and then Google unveils new... Oh, and then they just have like a new Doom Eternal trailer, which, because Doom was already, already coming to Stadia. Yeah, they already confirmed that back at GDC earlier this year. Yes. Um, yeah, so the the Stadia stuff was very much like, cool. I mean, because it's all, it's like all games that exist. It's just like, it's also coming to this non, really non-existent platform because it's like on everything. It's on the, it's on the Chromes. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for them to come out with an exclusive announcement. Or some kind I feel of like exclusive piece of content or something. That's going to either need to be purchased or... Because, like, the dev teams were definitely not there. So right. those those projects are a long ways away. But, yeah. It's cool. Maybe one day Stadia will be a real boy. <laughs> but... <laughs> it will be. At least, well. you know, for for a couple of years before Google's like, is this making money? I don't know. That's what, um, that's what Google likes to do. They they launch things and then they go, hmm, do we actually have to support this? I don't know. I, our, all of our engineers want to move on to a different project. So we're going to let all those engineers move on to another project. Uh, and then I, so that's what I, honestly what I'm mostly worried about with Stadia is I know how Google engineering works and uh, most people don't stick around on the same project. No, and I feel like there's a lot of big temp- tech companies that suffer from that. I think, you know, we've seen it um, with places like Facebook as well, you know, where they launched, you know, this video program and, and then their engineering got it off the ground and then it kind of like stumbled and it's like, well, what is watch? What's happening there? And um, it's just one of those things that, you know, they want to keep pushing the innovation. And I appreciate that. I love Google's suite of products. I use them literally every day. And it also just makes it concerning for gamers who want to invest in the Stadio ecosystem, which has always been the troublesome part about digital ownership, right? It's this idea that, oh, I'm going to buy games on Stadia or invest in a Stadia subscription, knowing that potentially someday if Google's like five years from now decides to shut down the service, what if I bought Cyberpunk? 2077 on Stadia at full price, knowing full well that CDPR is going to continue to support that game for years to come with DLC and expansions and whatnot, you know, but then Stadia shuts down and now I've lost my investment. You know, it's yep. yeah, I mean, to be considered. That's a tough pickle. Tough pickle you find yourself in sometime. I was going to bring up something else, but actually I think I'll let us finish Gamescom news and then I'll, I'll circle back to something. Um, sure thing. So the big guy of the evening, our friend Jeff Keeley, uh, we've worked with him um, for Judges Week. We've worked with him for the Game Awards. You know what's know funny? Time. I actually what? physically ran by him. He was also on a run at, at, during Comic-Con. 
And I was like, I was going for a jog and then I looked over and I was like, was that Jeff? <laughs> but I didn't want to like run after him and stop him because he seemed like he yeah. was grooving. So I was like, good for you, man. Getting some exercise. Heck yeah. Yeah, no, he looked great on stage and what a presentation he put together. Uh, we haven't really seen a really big presentation like that from Gamescom since Xbox and PlayStation did their major conferences, which has been several years now at this point uh, because of the way that both Xbox and PlayStation have diversified with the way that they're doing press announcements uh, throughout the different trade shows that exist uh, throughout the year. So he uh, kicked things off of course, um, with a bunch of announcements, we've got the the Witcher 3 Switch port release date that was announced. So that is happening October 20th. Is that correct? I will. Um, yes. Nope. October 15th. 15th. That was close. 15th. Very uh, close. Call of Duty Modern Warfare's free PS4 alpha test is happening this week. Uh, it's maybe done by this time. Let me uh, look. The co-creator of... It's, uh, yeah, it's going to stop on the 25th, so... Uh, no, you have that a couple is. of days. You have the, you till go. Sunday. Excellent. Uh, the co-creator of Halo shows off Disintegration, a new team-based multiplayer game, uh, which I think uh, looks really interesting. I'm hoping that we're going to get to have a little bit more details uh, for us about this game. I believe we're going to get to see it sometime this year. Fingers crossed. It but for people who aren't familiar. 2020, so show me something in 2019, friends. Yeah, so we they originally announced this really with just some key art on Twitter, I believe. They said, you know, from you know the co-creator of the Halo series, um, it was revealed during E3. And then the gameplay, of course, happened during opening night live in Gamescom, where the developers at V1 Interactive showed off uh, the new uh, first-person shooter. Uh, according to the creators, Disintegration will have a full single-player campaign focusing on a variety of different characters, including the Grav Cycle pilot, Romer, along with a comprehensive multiplayer mode. So, of course, we saw a brief glimpse of the 5v5 multiplayer matches. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see, to see more. I'm always down to try out a new FPS game and uh, dabble with it. I, of course, prefer campaigns, but, you know, if it's coming from devs who have roots in Halo, PvP is always going to be part of the plan. Yes. Always and forever. That's how they make the money. Just so you know, I'm intentionally, I'm intentionally skipping this. I'm saving it for last. Okay, cool. Um, and then um, Sega debuted the civilization building game Humankind. Uh, we got to see a little look of Predator Hunting Grounds. Of course, this is from the team that made Friday the 13th. So it's that asymmetrical multiplayer gameplay that they really honed with Friday the 13th with Jason. Now with Predator, I thought it was interesting. Oh, God. How- That's terrible. You- we're going we're gonna to have some rough chuckles times in the future. Yeah, did you did you see this gameplay at all, Steimer? I didn't know, but I mean, if it's like Friday the Thirteenth, then I it's going to be me screaming at you while you play. That sounds right. Well, the thing I the thing I like about this and what I think is going to make it a little bit more interesting than Friday the Thirteenth is that you could pretty much go lone wolf in Friday the Thirteenth and survive if you wanted to. Yeah, but that's kind of what you had to like- do. You had to spread out because otherwise yeah, he would I mean- kill all of you. Or you would have to team up with people you knew because there was a lot of griefing happening in the beginning of the game with the counselors killing other counselors. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Then they finally, you know, put a penalty in the game for that to to kind of put a damper on that. But here, 
you know, the other players are going to have other objectives that they need to um, kind of go after while the predator is hunting them. And so I think it's going to make it a little bit more... Um, what GameSpot is is actually saying here that I think is a good example is they're saying it's more like Evolve, if you remember that, from yeah. Rock Studios. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, you know, 4v1 where you're actually like teaming up together against the monster. Yeah, okay. I'm watching the trailer now. It does It does actually. I was thinking that as you were talking. I was like, this seems actually a little bit more, more Evolve-y. Oh, God. Yeah, Predator. Shout out to, to Evolve, man. I miss that game. No. Scary. Scary Predator. <laughs> <laughs> run away so that that'll be fun uh when that comes out eventually and then uh Kerbal space program 2 was announced and it's set for release in 2020 little nightmares 2 was also announced and it's happening next year and we got to see a gameplay trailer for need for speed heat and this is a game that i'm very much looking forward to i know that there's a lot of people out there that are skeptical after the track record of late uh, for Need for Speed as a franchise, and I don't blame you. You have every right to be skeptical. I, like you, am also skeptical, but I'm holding out hope that maybe they can have a return to function. Uh, I mean, at release- least the logo is like very Miami Vice, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like the what they're going for. I like that they brought cops back. I like that they have brought these different modes, and they launched the car customization app during Gamescom. So I think that that's a really cool way to get people involved before the game launches and let people look at all the different customization options. You can build your customizations in the app, and you can transfer them right into your game when the game launches, which I thought was really cool. And uh, I'm looking forward to playing that. And then we got to see that new campaign trailer for Gears 5. So Rod came back after doing his uh, appearance at Inside Xbox in the morning. He went to Jeff's show in the evening and then showed more from Gears 5. And boy, oh boy, do the graphics look gorge from what we saw. I can't wait to see what this looks like on Xbox One X. Yes, give me more. But also give me cooler weather so I can run my consoles. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, I I know I'm like, I can't play anything until the sun goes down because it's otherwise it just produces too much heat in my house. It's hot, man. It's hot. It is hot. But the real star of opening night live, of course, without, um, without hesitation was Death Stranding and uh, Kojima-san, who came out on stage. We all know that Jeff and Hideo have been friends for a long time. Uh, We all expected him to be there with his buddy. And what I don't think we expected, though, was to see Jeff in the game. Yes, that was funny. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, whoa, what? (laughs) I mean, it looks just like Keely, which is awesome. But voiced by Matthew Mercer, which is, uh, I think, important to point out. Jeff did not voice his own uh, character model. And we got to see a bit more of the gameplay, including a section where apparently you just pee. It's just pee gameplay. That sounds sounds correct for this game because it's so fucking weird already that uh, why not get a little weirder with a little pissing minigame? Yeah, it's uh, every time I see this game, I just get more confused. So Polygon has a little write up here 
um, where they say it wouldn't be Gamescom without another Death Stranding trailer. Now, would it? New footage of uh, Kojima's delivery service game gives us a closer look at Norman Reedus's tortured existence as a father who has to manage his pee. You can use the left and right trigger to control the direction of the fluid that you can't move the camera to see it firsthand. The pee can also be used as a weapon. You can see it in action below in the trailer. Uh, if enough players pee in the same spot, something good will happen, Kojima T. Something good? During, yeah, during the footage, we saw a mushroom grow bigger as a result of the pee. Death That's Stranding inaccurate. Will... That wouldn't happen. You would kill the plants. Yeah, because of the ammonia in um, in pee. Actually, I don't know how much ammonia is in human pee. Probably not that as much. Oh my uh, God. I would need to look at the chemical breakdown of urea, but I don't really want to. Probably uh, also Death depends Strand... on how hydrated you are. True, true. <laughs> uh, it will also incorporate interdimensional breastfeeding, apparently. Uh, we got to see some of Margaret Qualley, and Qualley is introduced as Mama, and she's connected to one of the invisible babies who leaves tracks behind. Her baby has been born on the other side, whatever that means, and Mama can't move from her location due to the baby's condition. The new footage also speaks of a still mother, though the concept is about as confusing as you'd expect. Babies are just equipment, says Guillermo del Toro's character, Dead Man. Once again, you may be tempted to ask, what is this game? But it's probably easier to tell you what it's not. In the past, Kojima has clarified that Death Stranding is not a stealth game. Instead, Kojima contends that Death Stranding is an action game that focuses on the idea of connection, which is what the whole strand thing is about. The official site states that Death Stranding will have asynchronous gameplay where fans will send each other supplies and share safe houses. Perhaps more importantly, we know that Death Stranding will feature a wide variety of Mads Milkison, including Mads covered in blood, Mads tied, Mads smoked, and variation of Mads Eyes with Mads and Mads with glasses, Coach oh my says. God. As well as singing Mads and Mads in battle dress. I mean, <laughs> okay. I uh, the game is a weird one. It's always been a weird one. It just keeps getting weirder, in my opinion. It's just like doubling down on the weird, especially. Yeah, I mean. How could you not play this game, though, at this point? Because you're just like, what the fuck? Like, what is it? Like, I have to know. I mean, granted, you could also just wait and then watch it on YouTube. Watch somebody stream it. But yeah. yeah, um, But man, man, oh, man. I kind of can't wait for this game to come out just because I I want the hype to be over. Like, I want people Mm -hmm. to stop talking about it in such like because we can't really talk about it in any way that actually makes sense because none of the because we haven't seen it because we can't like you're just getting weird blips of a puzzle and you can't actually see the larger picture and i have a feeling it still doesn't make any sense like even when you complete it all i have a Mm -hmm. have a sneaking suspicion based on other kojima games however maybe it does maybe it does maybe this is a very profound story about pissing and babies in jars and I am very curious to see what the hell is going on. Please, Kojima, tell me a story. I feel like it's kind of become like the car wreck of this year's releases where you don't really want to see it, but you can't look away and now you have to go see it. It's like it's basically its own meme. It's a meme without having come out yet. Yeah. I just watch some of the gameplay and I'm just like, oh, God. Why do the babies look so creepy? The babies are super creepy. I don't like it. 
it freaks me out. And that's why also when he's talking about it's an action game, I'm like, I have yet to see any action in all of the trailers. I think the most I've seen is like running away or like running between boxes. That's like the most mm-hmm. quote unquote action. I wouldn't call, I mean, peeing technically is an action, but not True. the, not the most exciting. <laughs> um, and so I'm just like, okay, there's boxes. There was box moving also an action technically. Um, but I don't know. I really don't know. This is one of those games that's just a head scratcher. And uh, I, lo- I kind of love, though, I, I want to be Hideo Kojima for a day. Just one day. I just want to, like, pop just in one, the- day. one day. And we- I actually don't want to be him, but I want to, like, get inside his head somehow. Be like- and just be like, what the fuck's going on up here? What do, you- what, do you think- what do you think about on a normal day? Like, even if it's not game related, I'm curious to know how you see the world day to day shit. Mm-hmm. Just like it, I mean, it must be fascinating. Or, well, no, no. I'm like I feel like I feel like there's yeah. no way to make a game like this or like any of his previous games without having a really interesting worldview, right? Like true. You just true. You I have to you. see things differently. Um. Yeah. I I just can't get over like the P thing. I think. I think the reason why is because he's a man and men have a weird obsession with playing with their pee. You know what? Not like with the actual liquid, but like the act of peeing. And I peeing don't blame them. Moving their dick I around. don't blame them. Wouldn't you? I have been so jealous of men my <laughs> whole life you? because like, come on. There, like there have been times when dudes, I'm like with dudes and they're like, man, I really have to pee. I'm like, you can, you can just go wherever you want. You asshole. Like I can't, I have like, I have to like maneuver and do a whole bunch of stuff so you don't accidentally pee on yourself or you just have to wait for a toilet. But you have all the freedom mm-hmm. in the world and it's infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> oh, to be able to just whip out your dick whenever you want. And pee. <sighs> must be nice. It must be nice indeed. <laughs> um, something that I wanted to circle back on if we are done with Death Stranding, which I believe we I, are. I, yes, yes, we are. Okay. <laughs> so something that friend of the show, Alana, tweeted after all of this, I thought was really um, apt. And she basically, I could pull up the actual tweet and not misquote her, actually. So riff for me for Maybe. a second. Sure. I um, realized that we didn't really talk about any of the Destiny stuff that they showed, but uh, they just talked about more of the Shadowkeep stuff and, you know, the cross-save is launching this week. And also Borderlands 3 talked about some of the endgame content, this new challenge mode, which I thought was really cool as well. So there's definitely a lot more happening at Gamescom, you know, that we couldn't cram completely into this segment, but we just wanted to hit some of the highlights. Yes. Okay, I I got the tweet. So, dear friend Alana, we absolutely do not give Microsoft enough credit um, for how cross-platform friendly they are or for how awesome Game Pass is. Gears 5 coming to Steam is a win for every person who plays video games, not a loss in the arbitrary fake marketing nonsense that is the console wars. I definitely agree. um, And I also like Ori coming to Switch and like a whole bunch of other games. And they are... And a lot of her mentions or replies... Are people being like, well, yeah, because they're losing. So, like, therefore... And I'm like, who cares? Like, who cares what the reason is? The deal is that they are now much more platform-friendly than they ever have been before. They're working with the Nintendo. They're... I mean, God bless them. Trying to work with Sony. Um, Sony's being a little bit of a priss at this point. Nose in the air. No, thank you, sir. But 
kind of to be expected. And a lot of folks also mentioned like they wouldn't have done this in the 360 days. And I'm like, no, but also in the 360 days, it was run by Don Matrick. And Don Matrick is a shell of a man in a suit. So, (laughs) (laughs) like, uh, duh. Like, that man was just like, numbers, numbers, business. Uh, And like, oh, God, I didn't, I obviously did not, did not care for the man. But, um, and Phil Spencer, I think they're doing, they're making the right moves and they did need to pivot, right? Like, because they were, you know, they are behind this generation. But the fact that they're willing to be flexible, because they're Microsoft, they have a bunch of fucking money. They can just sit there and pay their way out of it if they really wanted to and wait for the next generation, but they're not. And instead they're being creative and they're being flexible. And I think that that is really exciting. And it means that it like, I am super looking forward to the next generation to see what they do. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I think it's awesome. And Phil Spencer is a fantastic person and I've known him in the industry for a long time and I think he's leading a good ship over there and they're doing cool, exciting stuff. And uh, we didn't get a a chance to talk about his comments from last week's GameSpot story. So GameSpot had an exclusive interview with Phil from E3 that they didn't publish until last week on Friday after the show had already published, giving new details about Xbox Scarlet and how it's going to be a platform that's focused on you know cross play and focused on cross save and bringing new technology into the uh, into the new generation but it's not going to be a digital only box like some people thought and that you know xcloud and the way that xcloud's going to work with scarlet is that it's going to be like a supplementary feature so that you can take games that you're playing on your Scarlet and then play them on your mobile device or whether that be a tablet or a phone. And I thought it was really fascinating kind of hearing him detail. And it sounds a lot like what PlayStation is doing with PS5 from a tech perspective without the xCloud piece to it, of course. You know, we haven't really heard much from Sony about what their play in the streaming future is, though we know PlayStation Now currently exists and that, you know, they have all this streaming tech. They made that announcement months ago that they're working, that Sony proper is working with Microsoft to use some of their server farms and to leverage their existing infrastructure. But we still don't have a clear picture about how that's all going to come together. So that was fascinating. So if you guys want to look, that is a a GameSpot.com exclusive interview with uh, Phil Spencer that came out. It'll be a week ago today when the show launches, if you're listening, uh, when the show publishes on Friday. Yes. 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 I think, wait, was it not GameSpot? I thought I saw something on Twitter about Minecraft also getting a nice visual upgrade, but that may have- oh, they delayed, they delayed the visual upgrade that was supposed ah, to come from Ah, got it, got it, got it. I was like, yeah, I saw there the some pictures. Things that they, yeah, that they were wanted to do, but then they're like, this was actually a lot more intense than we were anticipating. We have to delay this update. Oh, whoops. You yeah. know what? Technology, some, it's hard. And sometimes it mm-hmm. breaks. And then uh, you gotta, you gotta roll with it. Roll with the punches. It's true. I'm trying to see and just looking over this list of news. Um... Do, 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 do. Sony says some PlayStation games may need to go multi-platform. Oh, yeah, that was a thing. Um, oh, yeah, they finally saw the Avengers gameplay, 19-minute uh, gameplay video. We're going to get hands-on with that at PAX West, so we'll be able to tell you how it plays. But if you want to watch it, that is what we saw behind closed doors at E3 for Marvel's Avengers from Crystal Dynamics. And I will say, go watch it. If you were interested in that game but were turned off by the E3 presentation, because I know I was like, what? What is happening? 
um, the behind closed doors section makes so much more sense and gives mm-hmm. you a lot more clarity around what kind of a game it is a little bit more behind the personalities of all the Avengers, how they play. Um, so I think if you are interested in all in that game, but we're a little confused slash concerned by the E3 showing, go watch the Gamescom stuff because it should reassure you. Cause I know that it did for me. Excellent. Yeah, there's a bunch of other smaller pieces of news. Um, so uh, talking about, you know, the Yakuza Remastered Collection coming to PS4, the Final Fantasy VIII Remastered, got a date, uh, the new Switch Lite videos that were from Gamescom, so hopefully we'll see the Switch Lite at PAX West in, in a week, um, and a, a variety of other smaller tidbits of news that came out uh, during Gamescom. Um, you know, I've never been to Gamescom. I have it's like the one video game show that I've never gotten to go to. It's kind of a bummer. It's uh it was fine. I mean like the problem was there was <laughs> thanks not Thanks for uh thanks for underselling it for me. Now I don't feel like I missed anything. You the <laughs> only thing that I found incredibly cool was not at the convention. It's the church that's in Cologne and I just stood there and stared at it for like 10 minutes. My mind was blown because like I, i've been to places in europe before so i don't want people being like was this like the first church you've ever seen no this is not <laughs> the first church i've ever seen i've seen notre dame before rip uh and like all this shit i've seen a lot of things but this church in Col- I, there was something about the detail of it and the way I, it was i don't know it had like a weird ominous vibe too which i kind of dug but i just literally sat there and stared at it i was like this can't be real i'm dead and like this must be a hallucination it was weird. It was it was very trippy, and I was not high or drunk. I was well, just doing it right. I was just walking. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I've worked because I was working like twelve hour days or something, or fourteen hour days because they're the show hours at Gamescom are stupid. It's like, yeah. would you like to work from eight a.m. to eight p.m.? Which, if you're no. getting there at eight a.m., that means you have to get up at like six a.m. It's terrible. Um, and yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Uh, but we were, and then there was like one day where I had a little bit of free time, and I was like, "I'm going to this church because it is like the one thing I need to see while I'm here." And it did not disappoint. So, well, if you're I'm going to Cologne, Germany, just go look at this church for like 20 minutes, I'll let it break your brain, and <laughs> go home <laughs> like this. Check on to the <laughs> <Check>. next. <laughs> you did it. Yeah. Um, I have heard good things and seen lots of Instagram photos of said church from all of our friends who go to Gamescom every year. But maybe next year. Maybe next year will be my first year. Gamescom 2020. Yeah. Fingers crossed. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our news segment for this week. We will be back in just a moment to talk about what we've been playing. Oh, wait. No, we won't because we've got a very special segment with a very special guest. More on that in just a minute. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the What's Good Games podcast. It's segment two, and this is where we talk about what we've been playing. But before we get to that... I have to tell you, it's brought to you by Me Undies. Me Undies is here to change your underwear. Not literally, but it's here to change the way you think about it. They believe undies shouldn't take themselves too seriously. They believe undies should be soft, 
fit every booty like it was made for every booty and other fun patterns that give you the freedom to express yourself. Plus, they've got new women's products, ladies. Me Undies also believes that every woman should have the freedom to wear whatever cut they want, in whatever color they want, in whatever size they want. So, ladies, rejoice. The Feel Free Collection is here. Me Undies size tested these five new silhouettes on every body type with an ultra soft, Feather light waistband that provides zero restriction. These undies will be the best thing that has ever been on your body. And it's offered in sizes extra small to 4XL. The new Feel Free Collection, as we mentioned, offers this ultra soft waistband that maximizes comfort with a weightless feel designed with you in mind. New prints drop every Tuesday, so undie exhaustion be gone. Me Undies offers a flexible membership that has styles for both men, women, and matching your boo and even your dog. That's right. They've got buddy bands. Yeah. They don't just have undies, people. They also have super soft and comfy onesies and loungewear perfect for, well, lounging. You guys know. Steimer has a onesie. Oh, my God. It's so comfy. It's got matching onesies. Stupid comfy. I'm going to bring it to your house when you move down here. We're going to have a movie night. (gasps) Yes. And don't forget, you have to bring your coloring book. We'll have a coloring night, too. Yes. Yes, <laughs> plants. It's too hot to wear the onesie right now. Yeah, though. it's a little hot for that, but it'll cool off. But it's not too hot to wear these new feel-free collections. And we were just talking about it before we started recording about how much better we like this ultra soft waistband uh, because women, different than men, you know, have hip structures that aren't as conducive to a tight waistband because of the way our bodies are shaped. And MeUndies recognized this and was like, we got you, ladies. We got your back. Yes, they sent me a pizza version, and I love that print so much. It's so cute, and it looks delicious. I mean, pizzas, pizzas, like always a winner. Yes, I'm with you 100. percent If you guys want to put pizza on your booty and be comfortable in the softest underwear you've ever owned, you can get 15 percent off your first pair plus free shipping and a 100 percent satisfaction guarantee at meundies.com/wgg. That's right, M E U n d i e s dot com slash w g g did i spell that right i think i did um to get 15 percent off your first pair and that includes anything you want to order so if you want to order the onesie instead of getting a pair of underwear you can do that um that's me com slash w g g okay this is where we normally talk about what we've been playing but unfortunately for you guys steimer and i have been playing a couple of games that are under embargo slash until next week. The same shit I was playing before. <laughs> so like, yeah, so I'm saving my Fire Emblem talk for next week when Brittany and I will do our spoiler cast. So there's no sense in talking about that. And yeah, as Andrea mentioned, the other things are under embargo. So zip. Yeah, the only thing that I've been playing that I'll talk about uh, when I'm back on the show um, is Rad, but I've just dipped my toes into that water, and I've, of course, talked about it at E3, and then I decided on a whim to pull out my Oculus Quest and play Beat Saber, and I pulled a muscle on my back. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) But it was really fun. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, it's so good, but ow, ow, ow. I was like, oh, I haven't done this game in a long time. Um, But yeah, Beat Saber is awesome. You got to stretch before you get into it. Yeah, I know. I should have loosened up or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so we decided instead of talking about what we've been playing this week, we have a very special segment. 
I had mentioned to you guys that I was going to try to get Alexa Ray Korea, one of the founding members of What's Good Games, back in the studio before I tore it down and moved everything down to Los Angeles. And thankfully, she had some time. And so we sat down together and recorded a little mini episode that we're going to uh, pop in right here. Uh, I think you guys are really going to like it. She tells the story of uh, how she got engaged, which if you didn't know, she got engaged recently. She talks about... As you guessed it, Kingdom Hearts 3. We talk about Fire Emblem. And boy, oh boy, does she have the hottest of hot takes on Final Fantasy VII Remake. Something that I was not anticipating. Um, and then we talk about a bunch of life stuff. Uh, it's a really fun conversation. I was really glad to see her and get her back in the studio. And uh, maybe we'll get her to guest once I get the studio set up uh, down in L.A. Who could say? Um, but for now, enjoy the special segment and uh, have a good time. What's good, everybody? Andrea Renee here with a very special guest who hasn't been in the What's Good Game studio for far too long. It's so different in here. Miss Alexa Ray Korea is back. Hello. How are you? I'm so good now that you're here. I'm like, really excited to be here. Everything is really different, though. <laughs> it is. So she walked into the studio today, and I realized she hasn't seen it since we transitioned to the desk space. Which it smells different, too. Oh, it does? Yeah, it smells different. Oh. Hopefully better. I mean, both the the previous smell was not terrible, and this is also not a terrible smell. It just has a different like smell aura. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I guess it does make sense. I just don't know exactly what it smells like. We'll figure it out though. Business. Uh, business. Okay, yeah. Business. business things are happening in the studio. Yay. Um. So I'm so glad that you were able to stop by. I have been pestering you to be like, hey, I'm going to tear down the studio. I'm, I'm leaving the San Francisco <laughs> Bay Area. Please come by. Let's Not record happy. something. I know. No. You're all leaving me. <sighs> I'll probably follow you soon anyway. It's fine. Yes. Come to Everyone's SoCal. Everyone's leaving. Great. We're just going to amass everybody in Los Angeles. It's going to be fantastic. So, Alexa, yep. we um, are going to get to some questions in a bit because I did reach out on Facebook and on Twitter to ask you guys if you wanted to submit questions to whatsgoodgames.com slash dearwgg. And many of you did. Oh there are oh. lots of fun, lots of fun questions. Um, oh but uh, let's start with the first one. Because I was going to ask you this anyway, but Travis took the words right out of my mouth. Hi, Alexa. Congrats Hi. on your engagement. Thank you. Yes. How have you been? I got engaged. You can't really see it from where you are. But yeah, I got engaged. Uh, it was Nate. Surprise. I don't know if I ever really talked about Nate very he much. He was off he camera a few times when he, we were shooting, but he was never on. He was like, he, he did. didn't quite have like the unnamed producer thing right. going on. You gave him another name that I don't remember. He did bring, I think we called him a PA because he did, his hand did enter the frame as he handed us a bottle of wine, I think, at one point. That checks out. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we're getting married. Um, he's fantastic. He, uh, I'll just, I'll tell the story. Yeah. I, I haven't told you the story. Yeah, the story. tell the story. Because when it happened, it was your birthday and you were traveling and everyone was like, blah. So, so he had, my ring is from a company called Brilliant Earth and uh, it's, a, it's a rose gold ring and the metal's recycled and the diamonds are lab grown. Ooh. So nobody died uh, prying this out of the earth for me. And I actually really, um, it's really beautiful. I really like it. It's also I I ordered the extra sparkly one, so I really really I love the I really rose like gold. It. It's super pretty, and it matches your Apple Watch. It does match my Apple Watch, <laughs> and literally everything else I had, um, and the accessories I had packed to bring to Disneyland, where he was going to propose. So 
Um, I do a lot of contract work now and Nate picked up the ring in the middle of the day in San Francisco and I was in San Francisco and he was like, Hey, you know, I'll come grab you and we can go get lunch and I'll, you know, finish my day from home because my work was done. And the ring was in his bag and he had that weekend, uh, the following day, this was a Thursday. So the following day we were planning to drive down to LA Mm -hmm. with, um, my friend Camille and her boyfriend. And the whole ruse was that, um, we were Camille's boyfriend is fairly new. So Nate was like, we're going to get to know him better in Disneyland. And I was like, this seems like a really long way to go when this woman lives in the building across from us. You and say this just now, like, but you totally fell for this. Ruth. I fell for you it. You guys were talking to me about this trip for weeks. I know. I felt being for like, it. Oh, we're excited to finally get to know this guy and it's going to be so fun. And you know, John suspected all along. He God was like, fell for he's it, like, he fell for it. Proposing. I'm a I'm a smart girl, but not that something happened. Mercury retrograde screwed me up. I didn't really, you know. Um, so it's Thursday. We're sitting at the Cheesecake Factory bar, and I'm eating like egg rolls and buffalo blasts, which are awesome. Living your best uh, life, living my obviously. best life, <laughs> having a like shitty Cheesecake Factory mai tai, and like just enjoying my day with my with Nate and we's talk. We're talking about. I made some offhand comment about like, oh, you know, when we're married, we can like blah blah blah, whatever. Tax break, lol. And he goes, and he's like, oh, and he's like, yeah. So like, you definitely want to get married, and I'm like yeah, dude, we've talked about it a couple times, like talking about the future. Like he's fantastic. If I let him go, like nobody else, all you, all you can really hope for is to find someone to put up with your special brand of bullshit. Ain't that the truth. That's all you can (laughs) hope for in a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen. So we're sitting there and I'm like eating and he says it and I'm like, well, yeah, dummy. And then he stops and he gets really serious and he's like, will you marry me? And I looked at him and I'm like mouthful of avocado egg roll. And I'm like, (laughs) are you asking me right now? And he was like, maybe. And I was like, well, yeah, but you know, you gotta, you gotta put a shiny on my finger first. And he was like, there's something in the car. And I was like, excuse me. So we go, we finish our meal. And by that point I'm like very confused. And we go out to his car and he literally like pulls out his bag and pulls out this little wooden box. And I'm like, shut the fucking front door. Like really? And he was like, I was going to give it to you at Disneyland. And I'm like, Wow, you asked me to marry you at the Cheesecake Factory bar, which is like so romantic. He got but like <laughs> like this 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 event is the epitome of Nate. He got too excited, too excited and jumped the shark way too early. He's got a history of giving me my Christmas presents way too early, of like setting plans way too early, like five months into our relationships, you know, a relationship. Um I had gotten laid off. <clears throat> And he was like, you need something to look forward to. Let's plan a trip. Let's go to Disney World. So he booked us a Disney World trip for six months later on like our one year anniversary. And I was like, wow, you really think we're going to make it this long? And he's like, yeah. And <laughs> wow, like, here so we are. Yeah. Well, I was just like, are you sure you want to commit to like a really expensive vacation? It's only been like five months. Um, but I yeah. Mean, that's fair. You know, but, you want to make sure it's the real thing. Yeah. And we went and it was fun. And we're probably going to get married in Disney World too. So hooray sounds like a magical place to get married hooray i'm really happy for you guys and that's super sweet get ready get ready i am ready we're all overdue for a wedding anyway or a big party it was a blackmail all of you going on vacation with us that's what this basically is i'll twist my arm it's gonna be hard okay let's go on to the next question Travis technically had a two-part question. Oh, boy. Okay. And the next part was, how was working for Nintendo and what's next for you? How was working for Nintendo? Nintendo was great. The people there are really excellent. 
Um, I really enjoyed working with like Kit Ellis. I've, um, uh, when I was in media and he was PR, I, we were working sort of on opposite sides of the table for the longest time and then getting to like work with him directly and stuff was really cool. Met a lot of cool people, made a lot of forever friends and, Every, I feel like a lot of people have experienced this. There cause it comes at... Thanks, Mom. Just keep, yeah, just keep talking. Oh, you, haven't, you haven't said that to me. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> there comes a time in your you in your life at a gig. And at, like, I, like I experienced this when I was like babysitting, the age of like 13 and everything, where you're like, you know what? I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to move on to the next thing. And it's not because necessarily you hate it or because you're like whatever it's just like in my soul I think I'm ready to go and at the time I also was undergoing really intensive neuropsychiatric care for my brain injury which is still a thing and like that's all like we're going fine I'm gonna be fine I'm not gonna drop dead anytime soon sometimes I list to the right a little bit uh when I get vertigo and that's pretty much the extent of what's been happening at this point but it was a lot and it was really hard to like hold down this gig and I was like, you know what, I'm going to get this out of the way. And these people really need somebody who can come in and like give it their all and not be like listing to the right every time. Like when you say listing to the right, you mean like leaning? Yeah. Like, so if I get you tilt, like you got like a drunk walk going. Oh yeah. If I get, if I get vertigo and like, I get it occasionally now. Um, if I get it, I go straight to the right, just like right down to the right. Like your wheels are out of alignment. Yeah, just like right down to the right. Like when you get those shopping carts and the one wheel like swirls and then sticks and everything just goes this way very suddenly, that's like what I do. Oh, that (laughs) seems problematic. (laughs) It'll be fine. I'll be totally fine. It's not going to like kill me unless I like fall into traffic and I've been very careful not to hug. Please don't do that. I'm very careful when I'm walking on the sidewalk to hug the building as I walk. So uh, I decided, you know, it was time to move on. I went and did my thing. I took a break for a while. And now I've been doing a lot of just independent consulting. I know I've talked about doing it before. Um, I've been working with a lot of uh, a lot of companies, both AAA and indie, big and small, sort of helping them make their games better, doing the consulting thing. I'm working with Hit Detection, which is a really excellent company um, on, uh, on occasion with some really excellent smart people, um, people I admire. And I'm just sort of a gun for hire right now, helping people out and companies out where they need a little extra something, something. And I'm also working with, uh, working on a couple of projects that I, uh, can't talk about yet, but we'll probably get to announce next year. Crossing my fingers. I hope none of you are watching this video. (laughs) They probably aren't. Don't worry Maybe (laughs) not, but we won't make you spill the beans anyway. Beans will come later. Beans need to bake a little bit more. But keep an eye out. Stuff is happening. Well, that's very exciting. Of course, as you can imagine, a lot of people have been asking, why isn't Alexa on WGG? What's going on? Um, which leads us to J.A. Center's question. Congrats Hello. on the engagement. Thanks. When are you coming back to WGG? Today, right now. Right now. Here she is. <laughs> Bam. We did the thing. We did it. Um, so obviously with the studio moving to Los Angeles, uh, we won't be able to have Alexa on, uh, even unless I move to LA, uh, unless you move, boom, she comes back. It is not outside of the realm of possibility <laughs> at this point. So yes, we'll all keep our fingers crossed. So here's a good one that I think you already have an answer to. Nick wants to know Disneyland or Disney world. Oh God. I really like Disney world. It's bigger. I mean, Disney world's pretty great. It's bigger. Also Disneyland's classic. 
Um, they've got the California adventure with the coasters and stuff, but like, oh girl, okay. But Disney World, Disney World though, yo, yo. So Disney World, I think my favorite park has become so Disney World, Florida. There are four major parks. Don't we don't count the water parks? Um, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios. Every park except the Magic Kingdom, you can just order a drink and walk around with it, like Vegas. Yeah, I'm all for like going into. So our favorite bar in Animal Kingdom, Nate and I discovered this bar. It's called the Nomad Lounge. And if you ever go to Animal Kingdom, it's like you walk in and you see the Tiffin's restaurant as you're entering the park. And then there's as you enter the main hub of the park. And then inside the entrance on the left is for Nomad Lounge. And Nomad Lounge is decorated with these little pieces of paper that have stories from people who have been in the bar like you give a little piece of paper and your prompt is like, what, what is, uh, what is an experience that, uh, that has moved you or what is your, are your advice for people that want to travel and stuff like that. So you have all these really sweet, sweet notes and stuff. And also their drinks are crazy good. Ooh. Every time we went bartender was a real nice, heavy pour. I had this beautiful drink that was like, it was like, uh, uh and all the drinks are inspired in the food are inspired by things that the Imagineers ate uh, on their travels to put together the inspiration for the Animal Kingdom Park. Interesting. So decorating the walls are like all of the stuff, like uh, all of like artifacts they've got, photos from when they were looking at stuff and photos of them with natives and collecting uh, a lot of artifacts or just pictures of the terrain. And I had this beautiful drink that had this like light up orchid in it. It was like ginger beer and rum and gin and some sort of like coffee liqueur and then a passion fruit syrup sounds whoa weird sounds <laughs> my mind sounds is like those weird. things don't go together it sounds really weird it came in this little tiny thing and i took a sip and it was fruit on fruit on the front and then as i swallowed and the taste dissipated from my mouth i got that like coffee hit and it was so crazy mm. and it was so delicious nate and i went um, I think we actually canceled our dinner plans one day just to go back to the Animal Kingdom Park and drink in this lounge and eat truffle fries and drink these like crazy drinks. It was so incredible. And there's like the Animal Kingdom has the best coaster, I think, in all the Disney parks as well. Oh, okay. Go on. Expedition Everest. Okay. That's the best. It does not go upside down. There is mm. 180 foot drop. Um, but what ha- you go backwards. The whole story is like the Yeti is messing with the track that you're on. And you're like on a train in the mountain. Oh, okay. I got you. So what it does is, and I was reading about, I'm like obsessed with animatronics and Disney Imagineering and all this stuff. And they, they, you go into the mountain backwards and it's pitch dark and it feels like you're upside down, but you're actually at like a 45 degree angle. And the way that the corkscrew is set up, the G forces make you feel like you're upside down. And it's incredibly disorienting. And my now fiance got me, I was really anxious about going on it. And he got me quite tipsy right at the end at park closing before you went on a intense roller coaster so i was like okay we'll go on expedition everest and we did it once by the time we had gotten off the alcohol had taken effect and it was the end of the day and there was no line and it was like you want to go on it again and i was like okay so we get on and like we do it again and then at the end i'm like let's do it again because by this point i'm like <laughs> three drunk. times in a row three times in a row and i actually i'll show you later i have the photos because the ride takes a photo of you yeah the, and you the can see photos you yeah. can see my stage of being okay with this ride the first one i'm like yay the second one i'm like woo and the third one my hands are in the air i'm not holding on to anything and i'm just like yes yeah it is 
And then we got off the third time and my vertigo immediately kicked in and I was like, time for bed now. (laughs) Like, I've done it. Um, But no, that place is just so magical. And like Disney, like I know a lot of people are like, well, why don't you just like go to the Serengeti yourself or why don't you just go to Wait, no, all these who's places? saying that? Going to Africa is not easy or no. affordable. No, I was reading some article about how like it's stupid that millennials go to Disney because you can travel. I saw travel. that article and it made me very mad. Was it the one where it was like you can travel the world? Like you shouldn't yeah. go to Disney and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you can also, you know, well, two thoughts about that. Also like for the money you're spending, you can travel the world. Here's my argument. The world is crazy right now and i will shell out good money for the immersive experience of being in just an enclosed pocket of magic where everything is taking care of me and everything is like hunky-dory for like seven days and just have that escapism they do escapism so well and escapism is something that like I've definitely needed a lot of in like the past couple years and it's been really nice to go. Also, they take care of everything for you there. Like literally everything. Sounds perfect. Your transportation, like the food is amazing. The amount of stuff that is just meant to cater to like people without children, like the fancy restaurants and the bars and like there's this one dining experience that's literally like a 10 course with pairing menu and it's like disgustingly expensive and like we went and there's only like 10 tables in the damn restaurant and it was worth every penny we had this beautiful like four-hour dinner and there were no there mm, were no get kids behind in there. a four-hour dinner oh yeah. yeah and there were like couples there was couples there was a family with like two i'm assuming maybe their children like adult adult children like teens no, they were like adult. Oh. So they were like, so like older. Oh, like grown up kids with their parents. Yeah, like grown up kids with their parents. And like the food was amazing. There was a harpist. And I had, we had gone to the tiki bar beforehand. So I came in already tipsy. And I was like, do you think she knows any Frozen songs? <laughs> and she heard me and then played three songs from Frozen and came over to talk to us, which was really sweet. But they're just like so, they got it. Like Disney's got it. Disney World, if you can go, go. If you have kids, great. Take them. If you don't, don't take any kids. Go by yourself. Don't take anyone's kids. Um, it's just really excellent. You should do it. You should go to Disney World. You already sold me. <laughs> we're I'm, going. I'm, yeah, we're going to go. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, all right. Tyler Phillips in parentheses says the Keyblade tattoos. So maybe he sent you photos of his Keyblade yes! tattoos. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. I remember your tattoos. I says, remember that. What are Alexa's thoughts on Kingdom Hearts 3? Oh Overall God. or specific moments? Doesn't matter. Just want to know the Queen's thoughts. As you can anticipate, there are probably, there are, as I'm looking down here, several questions about Kingdom about Hearts. About Kingdom 3. Hearts. Michael Fitzgerald also asked Kingdom Hearts 3 thoughts. Now that it's out and completed, how do you feel? Are you excited for the DLC? And we've also got, <laughs> I mean, you kn- you knew this. Oh, man. Let's I thought I saw another one. Yes. Uh, Elmo also asked, what are your feelings on Kingdom Hearts 3? I, re- I realize now that. Sorry, I'm like stripping. It's so hot. I'm so hot. It's San Francisco. Yeah. It's like for some reason ungodly warm this a, time of year. I'm a sweater. I sweat. Uh, I realize now that I've never actually publicly said pretty much anything about Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, because you were like, you know, under lockdown think. when the game came out and you couldn't say anything. And then I played it. I played it two more times. I played it on Proud, the extra mode or whatever. Um, I have... And also, spoiler alert, um, I might also be writing something else for Boss Fight about Kingdom Hearts 3 that's maybe well, coming out well, in the future. Well, we got scoops, ladies and gentlemen. So that's happening. Uh, look out for it. It was, uh, 
that's that's gonna be a thing that that's that'll be like the academic my academic thoughts on this game my non-academic thoughts on this game are i it wasn't done it wasn't done it wasn't done it didn't you think that it left you wanting more i oh my god so i finished that game and like i got to i have a lot oh my god am i gonna spoil it for people can i just talk about it okay can we spoiler mark this let's do an official spoiler mark the game has been out for uh, seven months now um but if you want to skip ahead um we will put time stamps uh, in the description so you can skip ahead and, and go into the next subject all right you've been warned jesus christ that game i have so many problems with that game i loved okay i loved it and i also didn't love it so i got i got to i think so the first world i went into was i think the tangled world and that kind of benchmarked me for the rest of the game and like the game opens like they have that dumb little joke kingdom hearts 2.9 like which really okay we get it nomura like you're salty af and you want everybody to know that you know you're listening to us so there was the little the little prelude i thought that uh, I, at that point in the game, I was bought in. I was like, this is beautiful. I love it. It looked great. Um, the fight, uh, the, the ascent of Olympus and the stuff you could do there and the dialogue and the way it was unfolding and that really amazing, so it was a really amazing boss battle at the end of Olympus against the Titans. And if you remember Hercules, the animated movie, Hercules, like the Titans all get released and they come at the end and Hercules kind of like fights them and sends them off into space and does whatever. So you have that fight, but that fight is now with Sora and Hercules is somewhere, I guess. I don't know what, I don't know what Hercules is doing the entire time. This literal child is fighting, fighting your battles for you. And you're just like, oh, okay, I guess this is fine. But it's this really, really, uh, just chaotic and fast moving and really well thought out boss battle and it reminded me a lot of like the legend of zelda boss battles where you have to memorize your enemy's patterns and then you have like a window in which you can attack and you have to really know when to play offense when to play defense it's beautiful the music was awesome yoko shimamura did an amazing job on this soundtrack and that part ended and i was like okay this game is fucking rad and i'm gonna play it like 10 times and i love it And then I went to the Tangled World, and the Tangled World, as we've all probably seen right now, is a little bit barren. Um, So the way that uh, the way that a lot of the worlds are set up in Kingdom Hearts Three is either you're playing the plot of the film, Mm -hmm. or you are playing a story that fits in with the canon of the film. So, like for example, Toy Story, because Tatsuya Nomura is obsessed with Toy Story built this world and a story that canonically fits in between Toy Story 2 and 3. It's like so spe- so specific. And then Monsters, Inc., you're playing a story that comes after the events of the Monsters, Inc. movie. So you have Mike and Sully and Boo, but it's like the continuation of the story is like Boo is visiting and Boo visits Sully to hang out and play sometimes. And right. Randall showed up again and you kind of have to like deal with him and all that stuff in the Laugh Factory. And uh, Frozen, you're playing the plot of the film including they they literally made the entire let it go song scene in freaking unreal engine and then you watch it so i'm literally just watching a cutscene from frozen and it occasionally cuts to like sora donald and goofy running in the snow like elsa's cape floats by and they're like she's over there and like 
I was like, okay, that's cool. I mean, I love. Did I, it feel gratuitous? It felt gratuitous. I was like, I get it. All of these, all of these, um, like all of these. Most of these movies are musicals. Like Tangled was a musical. Frozen was a musical. I think pretty much every Disney film, with the exception of some of the live actions, are musicals. Or or they have like a musical break. Like Big Hero Six was one of the world. Ugh, okay, I'll get to that one last because that one I had a lot of problems with. And I'm gonna play the Tangled world. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And I play, you know, I get to, you know, like Toy Box and stuff. And Toy Box is like by far and away the most fleshed out world. And then I got to freaking the, the Pirates of the Caribbean world. I hate underwater worlds. I Wait, why? I hate them. What do you got against underwater? I hate them. You I just, just don't like, you just don't like mer things and fish. No, and- I love, I love mer things. However, like Atlantica and everyone who's listening to this is just going to nod very sagely and understand exactly how I'm feeling. But like Atlantica in the first game was stupid. Atlantica in Kingdom Hearts 2 was even stupider because there were no heartless and it was optional and the swim controls are not great. The swim controls are better. There's an underwater section of the Pirates of the Caribbean world and the whole world. But then there's this thing where you have to collect 400 white crabs in order to advance the story. And so that sounds like a it's dumb. shitty fetch quest. It's dumb. You're literally running around like, like smashing wooden boxes and like running in the, like I'm like, there's a, I took a screenshot of myself, like Sora, like crouched in a bush, like looking for crabs. And I'm like, this is the worst ever. I hate this. Took forever. I passed the controller to my fiance and was like, "I'm not doing this. You have you're getting me through this. <laughs> this busy work is for you. Sorry, I'm not busy working this bullshit. Uh, I have heartless to kill. Um, and like the the, the ship controls were really. St- it was like a, it was it was also like I felt like I was playing Assassin's Creed Four because there were sh- ship battles and all this stuff and a ship race that was stupid. But then at the end, you get to fight Davy Jones in that whirlpool, and it was fucking awesome. So it was like worth getting to the end. Back to my original point. The worlds that were developed um, were inconsistently developed. Some were really fleshed out and really excellent. And some were like, oh, shit, I think we got to get this game out. Let's hurry up and put it together. And the yeah. enemy types are repetitive and the, the environment's, you know, not, not as up to par as the other one. And I think I realized that I was going to have a deep problem with the end game of this game when we got to Big Hero 6, which is, I think, the last world you hit if you play it in the order in which the worlds open up. And I finished San Francisco and just all of the battles were like really weird sort of fetch quest battles where it's like, oh, no, all of the big hero six are trapped and you have to go free them in a time limit. There were they started introducing time limits. And I was like, I get it. You really want me to blast through this game. And uh, big hero six was another one of those worlds where it was like a canonic. It's like a story after the movie story. So you weren't playing like the events of the, the film. And I finished it and then we went into the end game and I was like, okay, I'm just going to go in with an open mind. I'm sure this is going to be great. We have 10,000 characters with stories we have to wrap up. I get to fight every single member of organization 13 and 13, 10 more Xehanorts. This is cool. And, um, when I realized that you could only fight the members, fight the members of organization 13. So it was a bass boss battle, bass bottle, bass bottle. Boss battle. It was a bass battle. God damn it. It was a boss Boss battle. Boss battle gauntlet. (laughs) It was a gauntlet. So like you would fight a bunch of them and then go to the next one. But all of the boss battles, instead of doing individual boss battles with these characters that have taken literally like 10 games to build their characters up in the surrounding mystery and all this stuff, they stick you in the arena with one other hero character. And they're arenas. They're closed like circular arenas with one other character and three enemies, three of the enemies. So you're fighting three of them at once. 
And every time you killed one, the action would stop and it would kick into a cutscene that was like 10 minutes long where the person like died and you had a conversation with them or something happened and then you would go. And this happened. Seems like kind of a buzzkill. It was a buzzkill. It happened. It happened too many times. There's like the one where you're fighting Marluxia and Larxene and Luxord. And there's these three characters you basically don't really know anything about. And if you didn't play Chain of Memories, you don't know who they are. So it's like, who are these weird randos I'm fighting? Yeah. And each one had their own like death speech. And like, I, I will... and then there's the the one with, you know, Rox, Roxas comes back and she finds Shion and Axel cries. And so what you're saying is it too was Too many bad. characters. It was bad. It was really poorly handled. And the way the game, the way the games have set it up and the way they sort of hyped it up is what I was expecting. And what I think a lot of people were expecting is a boss battle gauntlet where you were doing individual fights with individuals. You're not in an arena with three people mm-hmm. that kicked you into a cutscene. So let's say I had three people I had to defeat. I would defeat one. It would kick me into a cutscene. And then after the cutscene was over, I would be back in the fight, in the middle of the fight with the two other people. And then I would have to keep going. So it ruined your combat flow. It ruined my combat flow. And it also ruined, like, it ruined the story because there's one there's one battle. It's, and it's the battle with Terra. And if you've played the game, you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you finally defeat the possessed body of Terra, you still have like another person in the arena that you have to defeat. I think maybe, Oh my God. Like I played this game like three times and my brain is so angry at all this. Let's use the rocks as one by comparison. So you're fighting like three people and you kill one person. You have this extremely long emotional cutscene, and all of your hero characters that are with you in the arena are like standing back here watching. You have a conversation with this person. Why are you still <laughs> fighting? Also the other two people you're fighting. Did they just take a break and be like, Oh, okay. Phew, he's going to die. Now I can like take my water break, like stretch a little bit and get back into the fight. <laughs> And it really, it took me out of the story and it also extremely diminished the sense of urgency and importance. Mm. And it made me really upset. And then after that, there's the whole, you die, everyone gets killed. Sora is literally in heaven, has to pull himself back together by collecting other Soras, like swimming in the air. Is this kind of like you, it was all a dream and you woke up? He goes back in time, creates a singularity, rescues his friends from the dead. I can't. I'm out of table. I oh, can't no. reach anymore. Don't like just it's let's just let's just say and then like I can't. It was it's, too complicated. It was it was so <laughs> it was so that like the way that the story ended and then also just little things like the imbalance in like the care put into the world. Um some of those key the imbalance in the keyblades, there are two keyblades that are way more powerful than any of them, and it's Favor Deputy and Happy Gear. And if you use any other keyblade, it's the Monsters Inc. and the Toy Box keyblade. And if you use any other keyblades, you're freaking stupid because those two are like so OP and they give you extra crap. So it's like half it, it, the game felt like nobody, nobody who knew Kingdom Hearts sat down and QA'd, QA'd it and was like, well, what about? the emotional impact of this or how about the balance on this and now they're touting the dlc and like i went to the concert i was there for the dlc reveal nate i was sitting next to some friends of ours and my now fiance and they both said at one point during the reveal because everyone was screaming i literally just tilted my head back and screamed into the sky and i have no memory of this i was really <laughs> i was really excited about about the dlc exasperated, like ah! and it's like it's like uh but yeah that's a really like small distillation of my feelings on kingdom hearts i think there's a lot of really interesting messages in it about um finding yourself and knowing your limits but working with them and just um 
just being aware of who you are and what you can do with what you have and not trying to like reach and be someone you're not, but working with what you got. So yeah, I, uh, I felt I identified very strongly with that. And, um, uh, it's definitely in a thing that I might be writing that might be coming out at some point. Um, exciting, but I, uh, the game's clearly not finished and all of this DLC that's coming out, um, eventually, I guess like, it's cool that they're finally going to give us some answers to stuff that we still don't know. But to me, I feel like kingdom hearts three kind of fits in with, um, final fantasy 15 and that the game shipped definitely not finished. And it's really, un- it's really unfair to put, like, it felt very rushed towards the end of the game. And it, I, I, I just put it in that category where it's like, you shouldn't be telling big, you shouldn't be saving big story beats for your DLC. I feel like that's dirty and mean. So I loved and did not love Kingdom Hearts 3. That is my complicated that's answer. That's the bottom line, I guess. That's my complicated answer. But I also have all the Play Arts Kai and I got the special PlayStation 4 and some other things. So. Uh, the Big Lebowski wants to know what your favorite Keyblade is and why. Thank you and much love to all of you. Uh, I liked Happy Year. I know I mentioned Happy Year and Favorite Deputy. Uh, favorite deputy, the the um, cactus on it kind of looks like a penis, so I don't really use it too much. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but And I know it has the lucky strike drop where you get extra items, but Happy Gear did more damage, and I'm definitely like an up-close fighter. I'm not really a magic user, so Happy Gear did the most damage. I like getting in there and just wailing on my enemies. So the monsters in Keyblade for sure. Also, it looked really cool. It's my favorite one. The frozen keyblade. Really, the frozen keyblade is gorgeous, but like it's not the best one. It's not the best one. It's Mm. not the best one. There's better ones. Um, Rihanna wants to know. Speaking of, uh, you might be writing another book. Alexa, what do you wish you would have known before writing a book that you know now? Writing a book in general, or writing a book about? I think writing a book in general because you've written more than just. You know, your boss fight books. You've been writing for a very long time. Uh, What do I wish I knew? I wish I knew how much work it would be. And I wish I had spaced out my um, writing a little bit more. I wrote 90% of that book in the month before it was due. Like, wow. No lie. I did so Procrastination or just timing? I don't know. I like fell down a research hole because I was researching um, interviews with Nomura and I was... Um, just putting like scribbling on paper, putting ideas in my head, like it's a critical analysis thing. So like I was taking time to think through it. Like I would literally be like, this means this. And then the next day I would be like in the shower and I would be like, no, actually it means this. And I would like jump out of the shower and start writing all this (laughs) stuff down and be late to wherever I was going. But it like, I did a lot of thinking and a lot of planning and then it was coming down to the wire and I was like, I really hope my editor doesn't listen to this stuff. But I was just like, oh, I actually have to write this now. So I literally like sat in a corner. I was in like my little decrepit last apartment and I sat in the corner and I just like put my headphones on and my head down. And I wrote like 90% of that book between the hours of 10 p.m. and 4 a.m. the month before it was due. And when the when the when the manuscript was returned to me, there were two kinds of edits. There was like, or two kinds of comments on it. And there was like, this is really cool. Wow. Like, let's like dig into this more. And what are you talking about? What is this? And like, I tried to like do my, I tried to do my best to explain kingdom hearts stuff in a way that like anyone who was reading it could have, could have um, understood, including my editor. But there were some where like, I would go back and I'd read the paragraph I wrote, like describing nobodies, for example. And I was just like, 
who I didn't write this, who wrote this? Like I couldn't understand it. So definitely time management. Important. Important. Don't be like me. Don't be like me. Adam in Chicago wants to know, hi, Alexa and Andrea. I was wondering if I could get Alexa's thoughts on Final Fantasy VII Remake. I can't recall how much of a fan of the original she is, but after seeing the footage at E3 and seeing them delve more into gameplay mechanics, I was wondering what she likes and dislikes about what she's seen so far and how much she's looking forward to it. Any other JRPG she might be looking forward to a bit more that I should put on my radar? Thanks, Adam. Final Fantasy Remake does not need to exist. Oh, it that's doesn't a need hot to take. exist. That's no. a hot take it's right there. Take. I've been if you Google if you Google my name and then Final Fantasy VII Remake, you will find an article from Polygon back when I worked there a million years ago, talking about how Final Fantasy VII Remake does not need to exist. Um, I don't think um, when uh, people say remake, and I think what we're going to get is not a remake. I think we're getting a retelling. Um, oh, I, interesting perspective. I played. Yeah. I played the game in E3. I loved Final Fantasy VII. Don't get me wrong; it's not my favorite Final Fantasy, but it's good. It's a classic. It was. It changed the landscape of gaming when it came out. It was a pioneer both in its technology and in JRPGs in general. Um, very important piece of video gaming history. Also, the story was like fucking cuckoo bananas and like power to square for pulling that one out, but. I don't, um, based on what I've played of Final Fantasy VII Remake and what I've seen in the trailers, I do not think we are getting the same story. There's a couple of things. A lot of people will, re- will remember <clears throat> the trailer that they showed um, during, I think it was maybe Microsoft's press conference the night before the Square Enix one. There was a short mm-hmm. clip of Aerith grabbing Cloud's hand and saying, help me. And there's like these black ghosty things swirling around them. And it's like, what is that? Because that doesn't look like anything that really happened in the original game. I, I mean, I have brain damage. My memory is not as good as it used to be, but I'm pretty sure that didn't happen. <laughs> um, and there's just like a couple of hints in, in, uh, in when I was playing with Barrett and like the game looks gorgeous running through the Mako reactor and being able to look over the side and see the Mako like, like swirling and everything was like really trippy and a little scary, which is cool. Square Enix is doing a great job there, but I know it was a demo. It was a very linear experience. I have a feeling we are getting a retelling things. Some things will be different. I don't know if they'll keep Aerith alive. I feel like, I feel like they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. Maybe they'll do like a branching story path mm-hmm. because in the original, you could recu- recruit. There were two optional characters that you could complete the game without or complete the game with. And they'd show up in cutscenes and stuff if you got them. It was like so cool and new and stuff. But I didn't like the combat either. At all. Um, did you play it? I did. So, um, but my thing and the thing I always said on the show and the thing that I've reminded people of, um, whenever I talk, oh, cause obviously Brittany's panties are all on a bunch about this. She's very, very, very excited. Oh, yes. Every single um, pair of panties in a bunch. And it looked gorgeous. I just have never been a Final Fantasy player. I mean, you shepherded me through a little bit of Final Fantasy nine. That didn't go well. That's did okay. Not, did not go well. Um, and so like, I've just always resigned myself to the idea that I'm never going to understand or get why people love these games. And that's okay. Not everything is for everybody. And I'm okay with that. So I'm definitely the wrong person to ask about how I felt about the combat. And I, I thought the graphics looked good. Oh, I, it looks I think, great. I think that they're taking a lot of contextual liberties for 
a remake. Um, I compare them side by side. If you look at a game like Resident Evil 2 remake versus what they're doing with Final Fantasy 7, and it's interesting that you call it a retelling because that's really a more fair assessment. Yeah, ma'am. And it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's not, you know, honoring what the original game was in no. that sense. They're really like revamping it in a wholly different way, almost rebooting it in a sense. And there's nothing wrong with that either. It's just about like making sure that you're communicating to your fans what they should and should not expect. Yeah. I. You also have to remember, like, I don't know if people, this was like maybe before... I don't know. This was like, when did the PlayStation, they announced the PlayStation 3? That was like a bajillion years ago. The PlayStation 3? That was like 2006. I remember they announced the PlayStation 3. Probably earlier than that. Because the PlayStation 3 was supposed to have Final Fantasy versus 13. Who remembers that? And then that became Final Fantasy 15. And then also, um, it was released in 2006. So that means it must have been announced in 2005. Right. So, well, when they announced it, when they announced the PlayStation 3, they had a tech demo. They were like, we have a tech demo for final for sorry, for PlayStation 3. And foolishly, PlayStation Square Enix, why you do this? <laughs> foolishly, their tech demo was the opening three minutes of Final Fantasy VII remade on the PlayStation 3 engine. Never, never, ever, 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 ever at all did anyone say. We're remaking Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VII is coming to PlayStation 3, and we're redoing the whole thing. Nobody said anything, and the rumor mill started, and the internet created Final Fantasy VII Remake because everyone was like, they showed the tech demo, which means they must be remaking it. They showed the tech demo. It's got to exist. No, dudes, it was a tech demo. It was a tech demo. And I was like, guys, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. And then they announced it during the fan fiction PlayStation uh, experience where they announced Shenmue and The Last Guardian and Final Fantasy VII Remake is all being coming or in development. And I was like, well, I'll fucking eat my words there, but it's not going to be the same game. It's not going to be a one-to-one remake. And sure enough, like they're talking about how the first part is going to get... Midgar, right? Yeah, Midgar. And Midgar is like... That's like a sizable chunk of the game, but also we've only really seen Midgar up to like a very specific point. Like we haven't really seen much of like the Turks or Shinra or anything. Like also like how many parts is this going to be? Like mm-hmm. thinking about it, thinking about it logically, it's like, well, are they going to split it up like the game? Are they going to split it up differently? Is this going to be like a digital download thing like Telltale's games where it's like, I have the first part and now I have the second part and I have the third part. Are they going to price them all at 60 freaking dollars? Like, What's going to happen? Is it even going to make it to PlayStation 4? Well, no, it is coming out in March, but that could be a... People... I'm getting frothy, sorry. Companies... (laughs) She's so worked up (laughs) on Final Fantasy VII Remake. Final Fantasy VII! Ah, um, No, like, companies announce release dates all the time knowing that it's not going to make that date, that they're going to push it later. It's like a sort of quell the storm kind of thing, and I feel like like this game's going to come out on PlayStation 5. Like, I don't feel like we're going to see it on PlayStation 4, and that's okay. Um, I will play it. I will probably enjoy it. I would really like a retelling of Final Fantasy VII. I feel like Final Fantasy VII's story did a really excellent thing with, like, the, um, the effects of extreme PTSD on, like, an individual and, like, how that affects the people around you. And granted, you know, like, environmentalism, hooray. Like, ah, we got a lot of that now. Like, stuff like that. But I'm really interested to see how those themes translate into, like, the 2019 um, treatment of, like, mental wellness and uh, environmentalism and all those, and um, capitalism and corporatism and all those big themes. I'm really interested to see that. But I don't think we're going to get a one-to-one um, 
We'll be lucky if we get Honeybee Manor. I think we're going to get something really different, and it'll be great either way. We didn't need it. The internet brought it to life, and I just want everyone to like take a step back and take a deep breath and be ready to like not be getting Final Fantasy VII again. You're going to be getting something different. And what Square does with it, it's up to them. Sure, it'll be great. I'll play it. I can't get off this train now. You probably can't off can't get off this train now. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a retelling. And I didn't like the combat because you had to, it literally paused all of your actions so you could pick the next thing. It's not the right hybrid of real time and ATB system. They tried to mix it up and it didn't doesn't quite work for me. You either got to go full Final Fantasy 15 where everything every um, choice is made in real time and the action keeps happening. Or you got to go full turn-based. I feel like they didn't quite... Uh, there's time to balance it, and I hope they do. But I didn't like the combat, but whatever. All right. Whatever. <laughs> so I feel like it's appropriate to end our reader mail questions Peter. on the thing that some of our fans here at Wesker Games know and remember you most for. The Horny oh, Casino. No. Oh boy. So let's talk about Fire Shit. Emblem. There are a ton of questions. Edelgard forever. Raven says, has Alexa played Fire Emblem Three Houses? Yes, Edelgard forever. Who is her favorite <laughs> character and who would she let die? Alexa, I'm sending you all the virtual hugs, says Teddy. Through the internet, you are so loved and missed on WGG. I could ask you a multitude of questions related to Kingdom Hearts, like if you had new theories on dead Nintendo characters, but my question oh, has Jesus to be Christ. about husbandos. Let's talk about Fire Emblem husbandos. Claude? It's Claude, right? Any other significant video game husbandos worth noting? We need to know the details. Wait, let me continue. What's your favorite character, asked Justin, from Fire Emblem Three Houses, and why? Tyrek, what are your oh, thoughts shit. on the support system in Fire Emblem Three Houses, specifically S-support? Yo. Um, MSU Hitman says, which house did Alexa pick for Fire Emblem, and why is Black Eagles the best? Or just what led to your decision to pick whichever house? Also, isn't it nice the Black Eagles path gives the most value? I could keep going. Oh, There's shit. a ton so, of Fire Emblem questions. I'm going to disappoint you all a little bit, because I've only played through it once, because I've been really busy working on some oh, things. you've only played through it once? I'm going to play all of them. That's like 70 plus hours, though. Uh, maybe. I've been really busy uh, working on some shit um that you'll find out about next Later. year and Soon. then also i now have TM. to plan a wedding like i didn't have enough to do oh, i know it'll be fun though that's i know he fun, can that's the fun stuff i know he can hear me out there he's somewhere out there. i think he's like in the house he's probably hearing me screaming i'm anyway. gonna interrupt you for one moment to say i'm gonna give you a piece of advice <laughs> give it oh please that help. a friend of mine gave me when after i got engaged she said whenever you do any big wedding planning that's going to be stressful pop a bottle of whatever okay. you like for us. We've been drinking sparkling wine. Does the bottle of Xanax count? Um, no. <laughs> but it. I did it wrong already. <laughs> to remind yourself that it's a celebration. Yes. And it's a fun moment in your life that's going to go by so quickly. And to remind yourself to have fun while you're planning such an amazing event. I'm really excited because, one, it's probably going to be a Kingdom Hearts themed wedding. So you got to – so get ready. Does that mean I have to like wear a keyblade themed no. outfit? Do I have to bring no. the keyblade? <laughs> no, I'll bring them. Um <laughs> No, like just thinking it we thought we thought of some ideas. It's really, really cool. Um, but uh no, I'm just really excited to lock him down before he realizes that I'm like a crazy person. So I think this is he already be great. knows about your think, crazy like, fandom. He, he, he knows aware. considering I like uh so Netflix, uh I, I I know he's the one because so Netflix recently 
um you know that puppet show i'm always like weird about um thunderbolt fantasy yes so the studio who's in taiwan put one of their taiwanese dramas up on netflix and i like was i disappeared and all the episodes are like an hour and a half long so i disappeared for like three days just like watching peely war of dragons and he would just come home and be like you watching your puppet show and i'm like on the couch like wide eyed just like puppets and he's like that's cool here i made dinner okay like he's just to- it's he's normalized my, my my weird which i think i know he's the one but what was i talking about my wedding we were talking wedding about fire emblem fire emblem weddings yes um so i've only played through it once and uh it's edelgard forever um there are no husbandos for me right now because i'm all about team edgelord um wait what does that mean Team Edgelord? Yeah. Which Edgelord the are we joke talking is about? That, the jo- well, the joke is because it's Edelgard, and it looks kind of like the word Edgelord. So people oh. are like, it's Lord Edgelord. Oh. Lord Edgelord, by the way. That's well, like a deep cuts Fire Emblem joke I don't understand. Wonderfully voiced by my good friend Robbie Damon. You did great. Thank you, darling. Weird. Oh, yay. More alcohol. Thank Thanks, you. man. Thanks, man. Miss you already. <laughs> <laughs> I love... You like, get to finish that because it's a different wine. Mm. We are drinking. We're drinking one of my uh, surprise because we're celebrating. Alexa got engaged. One of my favorites. This Yay. is from Gloria Ferrer. It's a nice. Um, it's a beautiful winery in Sonoma. Yay! And it's their Brut Rosé. I believe it's the 2016 vintage. Also, once I start, what's Yay. good wine? You have to come. Oh yeah, no. So you're gonna have to. I maybe. I don't have enough to say on Fire Emblem today, which means you're going to have to call me or I'm going to have to like come back because I haven't completed all of it yet. Edelgar is my girl. Okay. So let me see if there's a specific Fire Emblem question that you might be able to answer. I love the new systems. I think it's great. I think the game is a return to form for the older versions of the game. Like, yeah, like Awakening was really great. Fates was like super horny. And then you have Fire Emblem Heroes, which is just a horny casino. And I feel like the game, like I'm fine with it. That's cool. But like it went super into waifu simulator territory. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Three Houses is a really good swing away from that back to what the series is known for, which is like its strategy roots. I think the script is really good. I think the voice acting is really excellent. I really appreciate that they've really... Um, they honed down how many people you can like pair off with or like who you can pair off. And the focus is really on the just burping really on the, 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 the strategy. So you're not so much as like boning for strategy points. Um, I have heard some stuff. I haven't gotten there myself, but I did hear some stuff from a couple friends about one of the other paths. If you play as a guy, cause I, I'm playing as a, as a, um, playing as a girl but for this one but if you play as a guy and you romance one of the other guys i forget which one it is you guys will know who i'm talking about probably like they sort of you build up this romance and then like the epilogue of the game is like here's my friendship ring and it's like but i spent the whole game oh, thinking i was so gonna friend like friend zones you at the end yeah and it's like mm, i know a lot bummer. of people a lot of people are sort of seeing this as like oh they're really uncomfortable with like homosexual relationships and like i feel like 
I feel like there are parts of the game where like they're like I feel like that team is getting better. I know the whole controversy with like Soleil last year. There was a female character and there was this weird conversion therapy storyline. Oh no. Yeah, like it's there's no other way to put it. They would like blindfold she was nervous talking to girls and if you play as a guy, you blindfold her and you're like, Okay, pretend I'm a girl and we're gonna practice how you talk to girls and then she falls in love with a guy. But she's a very openly like, I'm a lesbian and women are great. And then she all of a sudden she's like, well, I like you and you're a guy. And it's very obviously like a conversion thing. Mm, it was disappointing. No bueno. I think they are redeeming. As much as I like hate what they're doing at the end with like that storyline, I feel like they're getting better at it. And like, I feel like paring down the amount of people that you can pair up with and the amount of people you can pursue with and what you do with your troops has really allowed whatever romance you pick to have a lot more weight and to be a lot better. And I think when I play that storyline for myself, I'll probably have more thoughts, but I really think that this is like, I like it way better than fates. I, uh, I haven't, once I play it a couple more times, I think I can make the call or whether or not it hits where awakening hit for me. Um, it makes me remember all of the old stuff. Like I remember, you know, shadow dragon and everything and, path of radiance and like those were my games and this makes me feel like i'm playing those again except i'm like in the bathtub with my switch or like on a train with my switch or somewhere else and i'm really excited to play more of it and you'll have to have me back yes because i'm not done (laughs) (laughs) i definitely want to get you back on the show after sword and shield comes out too because please tell me you've seen the bong pokemon galar i believe his name is so Pokemon's, I'm saying it. It's 29th. What day is it? It is August 19th. It's August Monday, August 19th, 2019. And Pokemon is out of fucking control. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's out of control. I've seen it. I've seen the sheep. I've seen like the... The, the, the corgi. The, the corgi the, with the butt. And like, I get it. I get it. You're running at... I, how much money does the person who designs the Pokemon make? Because I think I can do that. Right? It's like, because it literally, it literally, the Pokemon now literally just look like the guy that's like, okay, we need 50 more Pokemon. And the guy like pours his whiskey and sits on his computer and is like, a fan Pokemon, Phenopular. Oh, a, <laughs> a camera Pokemon. Kermanermer. Like, whatever. Camus. Uh, Soros. No, yeah, right. quite work. We no. could have a. We could make a game. Make uh, a game have, Pokemon. Who's that Pokemon? Is it real or fake? No, I just think Pokemon is out of hand. I like the idea of like, like the way that they have it set up now with like the champions and stuff. But and I like that there's more representation in the characters and the people that you're mm-hmm. seeing in that game. However, like the weird soccer thing is weird, and the Pokemon are weird. And, and I still want to say like Dynamaxing and Gigantamaxing. Is that? Giga maxing gigant what is it that's called? That's also stupid. Gigamax? You decided you couldn't like we need to make evolutions even more evolutiony. So let's just make the Pokemon bigger. Cool. Gigantamax. Gigant- that's what it's called. No. No. No, I'm saying it right now. <sighs> yeah, it's it's intense. No. Well, Alexa. No. <laughs> I'm so glad that you came by. It's been wonderful. I think I would love to end our little chat here. With a talk about like how you are, how are Me? you doing? So many people sweating. out there have written into us over the months <laughs> and been like, <laughs> "What's up with Alex Ray? We haven't heard from her, and we just wanted to let her know that she was so important to us, and we love her, and we miss her, and 
We want to make sure she's okay. Guys. <laughs> and I was like, she's doing so much better, you guys. She's doing great. I'm alive. Um, way better. Way better. You can probably see it on my... I'm not wearing any makeup. You can probably also tell that. But, like, like I don't have, like, the weird bags under my eyes anymore. I want to, again... And sometimes I go back and listen to that last clip I did where I talk about, like, mental wellness and stuff like that. I cannot, like... Again, like if if you, any of you take anything away from ever listening to me speak or any of my dumb shit, like forget Kingdom Hearts, forget Husbandos, forget all of that, like take care of yourself and you will know, like your body will tell you when it needs you to take care of it and like listen to it. Like don't be that guy. Don't be me. Um, but to answer that question, like I'm doing a lot better. As I said, I just kind of list to the right a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, my like dumb memory, like I can still remember like random like facts from like the works of J.R.R. Tolkien that I read like five years ago and like weird facts about like Kingdom Hearts and Fire Emblem and stuff. But if you told, asked me in five minutes, like, oh, I gave you a random sequence of numbers. Like, what were they? I would be like, I don't know. What? Like, I can't, I have like, like just occasionally, like I'm not like, I want to say I'm not sharp, but it's like. I just have to like write things down a little bit more. It hasn't affected me really hard yet. We'll see. Um, I've been able to like do some really good work. Like I am physically feeling a lot better. I'm not like having crazy ass like panic attacks anymore. And like, I feel like after, you know, like three years, I'm kind of finally getting my life back, which has been really, really important. I feel like I've become more social again. I feel like I've become a little bit better about just like, everything else and like being a productive member of society. Like I'm getting married. So now I have no excuse. I got to keep it together. (laughs) (laughs) No excuse anymore. And I think I am starting my, like it's been like slow, but I'm like starting my slow re-entry back into like the world and like the earth and like friends have been really great. Like you guys have been great. You're just like everyone, like, everyone's just been really good about like, okay, like you took the time you need, you're feeling better. Like, how are you? Like, are you like sort of, sort of, I feel like I'm almost re-entering an atmosphere and like all the clouds are like, we're here. It's okay. We will cushion you we're on your here. way back in. That's not how clouds work. Just, but, but <laughs> it's not at but all. My, but, but, but my clouds are, and I feel, and I feel really good about it. And I understand it's been like a super long time and it took me a long time to do it, but like, it means so much to me to sort of like, I'm not, I'm almost made like an anime, anime metaphor. There's so many like. You can, gonna, make it, you can make it. Go for I'm it. I'm going to make a Final Fantasy 15 metaphor. So like like three quarters of the way through Final Fantasy 15, Noctis goes to sleep in the crystal for dumb reasons. That was also a dumb plot point. Sorry, everybody. Um, and he's like, he's not ready to be super Noctis. So he has to go to sleep for 10 years and then we'll be ready for him when he comes back. And he literally like pops out after 10 years and is like, hey, everybody, I'm back. And all his friends are just like, cool all right here we go we're gonna stop by denny's on the way to the castle and we'll fill you in um <laughs> we're gonna stop by denny's they stop they, they do stop by it there's a diner you can stop at it's not a denny's i wish there were denny's in front of z 15 but there's not um and it's just been like really great and everyone's been wonderful and i'm really excited to like go to like just dis- come down and like go to disneyland a lot with you and like hang out and stuff and like we're gonna go to napa and like i'm getting married next year and there's like all these big things coming up and i have big announcements next year and like i think that's also been big too, like finding people that are like, that are like, yeah, like you're, 
like we want to we want to like we'll work with you on this thing or like you can whatever and it's been slow i'm not like i'm not by any means like fucking working like 70 hour weeks and like being a boss like i it's gonna take me a couple more years to get to your to your level <laughs> like i can't like i'm not bossing yet i'm sure i'll get there then but... i'll start calling you mom okay mom <laughs> um but it's been slow and it's been very very steady and i'm feeling a lot better about it and hopefully like this time maybe like a month from now or like three months from now it's been really interesting kind of discovering like oh, okay today i feel okay with this again and for a while i remember telling you i was really uncomfortable going back on camera because mm-hmm. i felt like a gremlin and i was just like i can't i don't think i could do it and like you told me you're like i'm dismantling the studio like come over and record and i was like hell fuck yes let's go how to get like, one more get one more in in this studio i'm gonna miss this studio this is my keyblade wrong hand this is my keyblade back here I, if you my, guys are my, new my to what's good games you were wondering where that keyblade came from came from alexa ray it was my parting gift i thought about i didn't i, I thought about i'm like can i give her more crap for her for her <laughs> studio but like you have so much to move so i'm gonna wait till you move before i give you <laughs> yes, any more please crap. don't give me anything else at this no, point studio crap um no but it's been slow and it's been great and i'm feeling a lot better and i think i'm like ready to be i think i'm ready to be in that place now where i can like re-enter whatever it is i exited if that makes any sense and like again like everybody listening like whether it's like you have like a like a physical ailment or like you just like really really like stress is like eating you or you have like a mental health thing and you're like i think you know i need to like take time like i've coached a lot of other friends through this and a lot of other people through this and like if you take that time to get better when you come back you will be you'll be even greater like not to like to quote, like, friggin' Obi-Wan Kenobi, like, you'll come back stronger than <laughs> if you strike me down. You'll come back stronger than you've ever imagined. Like, that's the thing. Like, you take time. You gather your forces. You gather your troops. And you incubate a little bit. And then you come back and everything is great. So, like, there's no, like, take that time for yourself and then go for it. Because you'll only, it'll only get better from there. And it's only gotten better from there for me. I tricked a guy into marrying me. It's pretty great. <laughs> well, congratulations. I'm so happy for you. I'm so excited to see everything that you're going to be working on over the next couple of months and the next couple of years. We'll definitely get you back on the show once I'm set I'm up here. in LA. Um, and thank you so much for coming by and, and, and waving goodbye to thank you our for lovely having little studio. Goodbye, studio. God, all of the nights I spent sweating in here. <laughs> we did sweat a lot. And here. drinking. I think I drank more in this room than I drank literally anywhere else for like all of like 2017 to 2018. My job here is done, ladies and gentlemen. So much drinking. I'm never going to drink again. (laughs) Until we finish this bottle. Um, But that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. We love you guys. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Well, that was a ton of fun. Thank you again to Miss Alexa Ray for coming by the studio and chatting with me. I know that she misses you guys and appreciates all the messages that you've sent to her over the months. And I'm happy that she is doing so much better now uh, and that she got the care that she needed. And um, get ready. We should talk a lot about Fire Emblem, but it's nothing compared to what Steimer and Britt are going to talk about next week. Oh, no. I cannot wait (laughs) to dive into that. So you have been amply warned. If you want to get in on the Fire Emblem spoiler cast, you better get to playing. You don't have much time left. No, go, go, go. And we look forward to seeing you all at PAX. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye.